Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hello, friends. Happy March. We are releasing this episode on March 2nd, which is my husband Christopher's birthday. So first, I want to wish Christopher a happy birthday. And by the time you are listening to this, there's a very good chance that we are already off to our most fabulous, passionate, and prosperous birthday plans, which are to eat in a super amazing restaurant and then go to see the Broadway musical Music Man, starring Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. So, you know, amazing food and wine and seeing live theater and concerts and shows are such a big part of our passionate and prosperous lives. We actually love to spend our money on pleasure and lifestyle. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I want you to know that I walk the walk that I talk, right? It is my mission to be a role model for creating the business you want so that you can have the life that you want. And I decided to do something super fun and start a passionate and prosperous giveaway. A few months ago, I got this idea that I wanted to design passionate and prosperous affirmation mugs. Okay, And I'm never doing anything without making it what I feel is going to be amazing and like super high caliber and gorgeous. So I designed these killer mugs. I mean, if there was ever a coffee mug that you would want to drink your coffee or tea or hot chocolate out of, it's this one. The Passion and Prosperous mug is, of course, purple and pink and red and has, wait for it, a gold handle and a gold rim. And it is the best size and shape ever. It's 15 ounces and it's just sleek and gorgeous. I, I mean, I can't believe I'm talking about a mug this way, but I am in love with the mug. So here's the best part. It says on it, I am living my most passionate and prosperous life. So when you drink out of it, you can't help but have that powerful affirmation running through your brain. And as you know, our thoughts create our reality. So I have these gorgeous mugs here. And to be honest, I have not focused on getting them out to anyone because I was doing some other stuff like launching a big program. So I decided that we should have a passionate and prosperous affirmation mug giveaway. So I'm not going to promote this anywhere else other than on the episodes because this is only for people who are actually listening to the show. So if you're listening and you want to be entered in the passionate and prosperous affirmation mug drawing, then go to the show notes and click the link and enter your name and email to enter yourself in the giveaway. So we'll collect entries for the month of March and then I'll announce the winner on March 30th. I have this very cool, but it's a random picker wheel and I can enter everyone's name and you'll just have to believe me. My producer will, will, will vouch. He'll watch me do the spinner wheel when I, when I see who wins. Oh my God. I'm already so excited for you to win this mug. 
Okay, so this is going to be really fun. And with that, kick back and enjoy episode 18 of Passionate and Prosperous, where I am going to make you fall in love with sales and marketing. Don't believe me? Just listen. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So when I was getting ready to record this episode, I had this idea that I was going to talk to you about money and how important it is that we talk about our desire to make and have money and destigmatize that. Because I think when you didn't grow up wealthy or you're not currently wealthy, there's a really good possibility Well, okay, like a definite possibility (laughs) that your relationship to desiring money, making money, and spending money is a little fucked up. And I am going to record an episode on that, but it's probably going to be next week because what happened as I was mapping out the episode that I wanted to give you all about this mindset and belief shifting that has to happen in order for us to really create a super healthy, loving relationship with money, other stuff started coming up that was kind of like underneath all of that mindset and belief shifting that has to happen in order for us to create a really super healthy, loving relationship with money. And so I decided that it would make more sense to dive into one of those big thought issues, right, that we have that contributes the most to this relationship with money because it is, in my opinion, the number one biggest obstacle that I see among all of my clients, all of the people that I get to connect with and speak to on a regular basis. And that is a resistance to marketing. So if you're a coach, a creative or a service-driven individual or entrepreneur, right? If you're listening to this, if you're passionate and prosperous and you're here because you want to be living, building your prosperous and passionate life and business, then you probably have to do something to generate clients and revenue in your business, right? Like if you're here and you are an entrepreneur, um, you're a coach, you're the kind of person who I think I know listens to my show, someone is not delivering clients to you. I'm like, listen, if if people were delivering clients to us, we would have a much, much easier and different kind of approach to our businesses, right? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I'm just going to come out and say it because I know that there are some people that actually love social media. But what I'm going to tell you is that most of the people that I work with or that I talk to actually don't. (laughs) Like, I hate to say it, but like using social media for many of the people that I connect with is kind of like a necessary evil, right? Because, Because social media is available. That's first of all. And it is free, and it is it is a built-in unbelievable way of of reaching everyone in the world essentially right so so not using social media for your business is 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 a little cray cray right it's kind of like if you don't want to take advantage of this free giant network that's available right then what you're saying is you just want to have a business that needs to 
exist based on the real life relationships that you can build with people, which is fine. I'm not saying that's a bad business. And if you have a brick and mortar business, you know, I mean, that's how you're doing business. When I was owning a yoga studio, that's how I was doing business, right? I mean, one of the reasons why I became a coach and one of the reasons why I started this show was because I was feeling, to be perfectly honest with you, and I think I've said this before, limited by being in the physical space of the classroom where I could only ever reach 35 to 40 people at a time, you know? And a lot of times it was the same 35 to 40 people because I had regulars, right? And I started to feel like, well, I believe that my mission and my message is bigger and that I need to be able to reach more people and I need to be able to, you know, have a wider impact in the world. I I have important things that I want to share. And I think that that you all are like that too. I think that all of you have really passionate missions that you are wanting to put out into the world. You all have like passion, serious passion for what you do. And I know that you all believe that like you can help other people. You can provide transformation. You can provide an incredible level of service and support for the people that you work with. You can you can help people have what they want in their lives. That is everyone who I know is 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 listening. Right? And so the the point I'm making is social media is is a way for us to have bigger bigger reaches, bigger mission, mission reach, right? We can, we can attract people that we would never be able to attract if we were only working with the people that could like find us literally on the street. Okay. And all of us, (laughs) I don't want to say all of us, I don't like to make total broad generalizations, but many or most of us also don't love having to use social media for our businesses, right? Um, It's very complex. So when it comes to marketing your business, for most of us, when we think about marketing, we're thinking, I would say if like we had to do like a pie chart with percentages, we are looking at a bigger percentage of understanding that a bigger percentage of the marketing that we do takes place online, right? And then the smaller percentage is what we may do like literally in person, I don't even know what that looks like. I mean, before the pandemic, I used to go to networking um, meetings with a women's networking group that I was in. So what did it look like? Um, Having a business card and literally handing it to somebody or having the opportunity to to share and talk in the networking meeting about what, what I do. Obviously, I also had a great outlet when I first started, which was that I was showing up and teaching in a yoga classroom. So even though it felt like it wasn't as many people as I know I need to be talking to if I want to have the business that I want to have, <laughs> episode on money, right? Because <laughs> I want to talk about this with, with you all because I'm I'm talking to so many people and hearing from so many people that their their number one concern is that they don't need to make a lot of money, right? And I hear this from so many coaches and entrepreneurs that it's almost like they're they're starting out their businesses by saying, ah, but I'm not trying to make a lot of money, right? And so it's almost like starting out with this limitation. So that's the episode that I want to talk about. Um, but I'm not going to go there right now because we have to talk about this first because 
sometimes I believe that some of what we're going to talk about about the money originates with this. It's already like a pregame for knowing that you don't want to do the marketing. So therefore, you're just going to say that you don't want to have a lot of money or that you don't want to make a lot of money, right? So I'm here to say, I know I want to make a lot of money. And I don't feel ashamed of that or guilty or bad. And in order for me to make a lot of money, I have to reach more people. And in order for me to reach more people, I need to be okay with marketing. I might even have to love marketing. And if I need to love marketing in order to reach more people and to make more money, then I need to really deal with my relationship to social media because that is one of the number one places that we can market. Not just me, all of us. And then, of course, I also need to love marketing in person as well, right? If I felt that that was something I needed to do, and again, many of the people who I attract and work with don't want to spend all their time online. And I get it, right? I get it. You don't have to spend all of your time on social media to use social media as a tool, okay? But I know some people who literally do want to have mostly an in-person business. They want to meet people in real life. They want to, you know, coach or or work with or provide service to people in real life. And look, there are people that have to do that, right? If you, if you are a, a, a massage therapist, you don't have an online business unless you start, you know, becoming a teacher and you want to teach people things about the body. You could probably create an online course. See, that's how my brain works. I'm always thinking, right? How can, how can I help people create more things um, in order to grow their businesses, right? So that not everything is dependent on, um, on that one in-person service. So, okay. So if you're a massage therapist and that sounded interesting to you, you should reach out to me. But anyway, um, so, so we have this relationship with marketing and we think of marketing as a lot on social media, right? And then we also have some other issues around marketing that we're going to talk about, which is that everyone is afraid to seem salesy, right? So, so there are a couple of things that come up around marketing, which is necessary if you want to grow an audience so that you have more people to reach, to impact, to talk to. Because the other thing to remember is that not everyone that you meet is going to end up working with you, right? So if you meet 10 people, you're not getting 10 clients probably. I mean, if you do, that's incredible. I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, but we don't operate as if everyone that we meet is going to be our solo line client that's going to work with us. So when it comes to having a business and having clients and making money in your business, right, you have to reach enough people that that natural organic funnel that happens, right, that the fact that there's going to be the amount of people that you come in contact with, and then there's going to be some less people that start to walk along your yellow brick road and get served by you. And then that's even going to become some less people that end up saying yes to buying your offer, to working with you, to whatever it is that they're going to actually spend money on. In order for us to have those people that are investing with us and spending money with us, which 
is not a bad thing. It's necessary for you to make a living and for you to have a successful business, right? In order for us to have those people, we have to be, and this is not the first time I'm talking about this, by the way, we have to be talking to enough people that as it narrows itself down to this soul aligned clients who say yes to the offers, we've got to be starting out with a bigger audience of people. And in order to get that bigger audience of people and in order to move them along the yellow brick road and into our offer, there's something that is called marketing involved. And there's also something called sales. And what I have come to notice is that many service-driven individuals I'm also going to say really wonderful things about all of us, heart-centered, right? Individuals who really come from like a super authentic, genuine place of service, right? Those of us who probably don't come from, you know, great amounts of wealth or didn't have an easy time of making money, or maybe we didn't have it easy, you know, paying for all the things throughout our life. I personally had tremendous debt and student loans that didn't get paid back by my parents, even though they thought they were going to do that when they took them out because my dad died, right? And I got burdened with this huge amount of loans. And I was a performer and I was a yoga teacher. I've spent my whole life in professions that that were literally like it had a built-in mentality of like starving artists, right? Built-in mentality of it's hard to make money. Everything I've ever done in my life, it was built-in mentality, it's hard to make money, all right? So it's natural for those of us who have any of those things that I just said, for us to possibly feel that like we, that like we're not comfortable with sales, right? And then there's this thing about marketing that like comes up and and we're not going to actually be having a whole episode about marketing because here's what I'm about to tell you. When we dig in, when I dig in to these two biggest resistances, okay, not wanting to seem salesy and not liking to market, okay, what we can distill all of that down to is fear. The fear of what other people will think. And I can't even tell you how much this is coming up right now in my business with some of my clients, some of my newer clients who are not that far into our coaching program, not out of overwhelm, my one-on-one clients who I'm working with one-on-one. And what is happening right now with a couple of them is this fear of what other people are going to think when, I'm going to say when, I'm not going to say if, because I don't let anybody (laughs) that I work with not do anything when they put themselves out there. So this whole resistance to marketing, this whole like feeling about social media, this whole feeling about not wanting to seem salesy, all of this stuff that comes up for and, 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 you know, one thing I also have learned is that many of the, the individuals that I work with and that I'm talking to all of you here on this show, don't always think of yourselves as entrepreneurs. I get it. Like entrepreneur sounds like this kind of big, fancy, scary word where like you have multiple businesses and tons of money, right? But when I see entrepreneur, I think of someone who's going it, they're going 
it alone, going their own way. When I think entrepreneur, I think someone who of someone who recognizes that they don't fit in. They don't want to fit in to working for someone necessarily, right? That they don't want to, you know, um, they want to change. They don't necessarily want to keep having to be beholden to other people. Um, they don't want to work for someone doing something that doesn't feel in total alignment, right? So when I use that term, for to reference all of you and everyone everyone who's listening, I'm not thinking that an entrepreneur is someone who, you know, isn't making, you know, tons of money and huge investments right off the bat. I'm thinking of someone who's really willing to try to make a business for themselves, doing something that they feel that they have gifts and skills in, doing something that they love, that they feel passionate about, doing something that's going to make them happy doing something that's going to make them really step back and look at their life and be able to say, yep, this is passionate and prosperous. My life is passionate and prosperous. My business is passionate and prosperous because I'm doing things that I want to do. I'm doing them my way. I have freedom, right? I I have potential. I have, I have, I am limitless because I'm the one who decides how far I can go right? That's what I think being an entrepreneur is. So if the word scares you, I hope that you'll start to feel into it, right? But anyway, what we're talking about here is that when you are someone who's trying to do your own thing and do your own business and create clients and figure out how to make money in your business, you have to be able to put yourself out there. Unless... You have some secret magic rainmaker, right? Someone who's just flowing clients to you, right? Someone who's out there doing it for you and giving you the clients. Or you have some incredible referral-based business, which is not impossible. I actually know some people who have very, very robust referral-based businesses and that scares the shit out of me. I have some clients that came to me through referral and I'm so grateful and I love that. And I love that that's one of the lanes or one of the funnels of my business is referral. You can only get referrals, first of all, just so you know, once somebody feels really excited about telling someone else about working with you. Most referrals, like where you're just having someone that doesn't really have that passion about what you do referring you, they don't always pan out because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, like, um, a lackluster like name giving that happens versus when when a client has an exceptional experience with you they are the most likely person to refer you not just friends friends referring you yeah sometimes it works out oh i have a friend who's a coach you should talk to her right not the same as a referral that comes from an actual client who turns to someone and goes Oh my God, you have to work with her or him. Like it, they, they're the best. It's amazing, right? So building a referral-based business isn't like a business strategy. It's not really a strategy, just so you know. It becomes a strategy if you give the clients that you do attract an exceptional experience, right? And you do that enough times, and then you start to create a referral-based business. Okay, but again, that isn't even a business that you have a lot of control in. I like to 
teach people how to feel like they're in the driver's seat of their business. I want to be in the driver's seat of my business. I don't like the feeling of not knowing what I can do to create a client if that's what I want. Like if I want to create my next client, I don't want to be worrying that it's that there's a third party that I'm waiting on or depending on. I want to know that I have that if I want. I know what I want to do in the driver's seat. I know I call it what lever I want to pull to get the outcomes or or the results that I want. And that's not to say that I don't love a good referral. And I give give people gifts for referring me. Ask anyone that's ever referred anyone to me. They can tell you that they got money in their pocket because I always give back like that. Okay. So anyway, um, so when we have this fear of what other people are going to think, that fear becomes the thing that cripples us and that keeps us from taking action and that keeps us from putting ourselves out there and that keeps us from talking to people and keeps us from making offers. And it paralyzes us. And essentially, it leads to what some people think are the real roots of the problem, which are procrastination, right, or perfectionism, okay, which is a way of delaying putting yourself out there. But if we were to look at procrastination and perfectionism, if we were to really do a deeper dive underneath those things, we're almost always going to come back to fear fear of what's going to happen if I actually put myself out there. And so procrastination and perfectionism in a lot of ways are are, um, protection tools that your brain thinks are awesome. Your brain, okay, your brain's job is to help you not be afraid. Your, Your brain responds to your fears. That's the first thing your brain responds to. Your brain doesn't even respond to your desires the way that it responds to your fears. But when you have a fear of something, your brain immediately goes into like, how can I protect you? How can I protect you? I don't want you to have this fear. Nothing's gonna happen to you. I wanna keep you from having whatever that terrible thing that you're afraid of happening. I'm going to keep you from having that experience. Your brain is so on it. Your brain is so committed to keeping you from having whatever the horrible outcome is that you're afraid of. Okay. On the other hand, when you desire something, your brain is not like, oh my God, I better get on that right now. I better make sure that like Stacy can have that desire. What do we need to do? What action do we need to take? No, unfortunately, that's just not the way our brains work when they're on default right? Our brains, when they're on default, they're going to protect us from our fears. And when it comes to desiring, they're going to go, oh my God, you don't want to do that. That would require you doing something totally new and uncomfortable and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And you might even have to face one of those fears. And I don't want you to face a fear. Why would you do that? Why should you face the fear? Let's just avoid the fear. Let's just not even like, let's pretend the fear isn't even there. That's your brain. And your brain thinks it's doing you a tremendous service. Your brain is so committed to this. Your brain is like, I'm doing such a good job because you ready? You're alive. So your brain is like, I am killing it. I am nailing it. Stacy is alive. I'm doing such a good job. Nothing killed her today. She didn't have to face any of her fears. Nothing horrible happened. 
she responded to things with a good flight, you know, um, uh, flight mechanism. Her adrenal glands are working really well. She got really stressed out. Right? That's what your brain is thinking. Your brain is like, I'm doing such a good job. I'm keeping Stacy alive. That is literally the job of your brain. Unless you get involved and you tell your brain, oh, there's some other things I'd like for you to do besides keep me alive. Okay. I want to be alive, but I actually want to be alive and happy. And I want to be alive and fulfilled. And I want to be alive and um, do the things that I know I'm here to do. I want to be alive with purpose. I want to be alive with my mission. I want to be alive to help people and serve. I want to be alive and I want to feel like I am living my best life. You have to teach your brain that, you have to tell your brain that, and you have to actually help your brain to get on board with that, right? And that's what, when you hear like mindset work, mindset work, what's mindset work? Well, this is mindset work, right? It's actually recognizing that in order for your brain to be be your ally, right, and support you, Having your passionate and prosperous life and business, you actually have to know what to do with it. You have to know how to handle it. Okay? So the fear of what other people will think shows up in many, many, many ways, and it can feel terrifying, right? It's a terrifying fear. I know that I I know, I know that I have clients that are terrified to make one post on social media thinking that there's a perfect way, right, that they can do it, right, and they're terrified of doing it wrong. And I'm like, why? Like, what are you afraid of? Like, what's going to happen? How can you possibly do a wrong post on social media? And the answer always is this unknown, what the unknown result is going to be of what other people are going to think, right? So, before we can ever have this amazing and exciting conversation that I want to have with you about money, we really need to talk about the issues that are keeping you from, from even being able to, to work on and shift into the mindset of being a lover of making money, right? And this fear of what other people will think is a long-term old fear. It comes from like our early childhood, like something that you believe now and our beliefs, right? When you hear the term, when you hear someone say limiting beliefs, I know we have a lot of coaches listening, but there's also a lot of not coaches here. And I I think that like limiting beliefs, I never even heard about limiting beliefs until I went to coaching school. <laughs> I knew other stuff about the brain, a lot of stuff about the brain, but I, and I used to call it like suffering or, um, or certain types of thoughts. But until I went to coaching school, I never got like, like limiting beliefs never became so like part of my everyday vernacular. And so I have to remind myself and my clients, especially when we are marketing <laughs> and putting ourselves out there and writing up, you know, posts or sales pages or whatever um, we're doing when we're trying to reach the people that need us and we're trying to point out to them what may be going on for them that they would like to change. And I always like to say, ah, let's try not to throw around limiting beliefs all the time because not everybody knows what limiting beliefs are. Okay, what you know is that you have beliefs and that you have a belief system and your belief system is formed really early. Your belief system is formed, most experts say, like by the time you're five, 
So imagine, like, think about, do you know any under five-year-olds right now? I know a lot of you have under five-year-olds. I know you may have, like, nieces or nephews or grandchildren that are under five. I know that you may have just friends that have kids. Okay, I want you to think for a moment, or maybe you don't know anyone right now, but I want you to think about an under five-year-old. I want you to think about, like, a one, two, three, four, five-year-old human. And now I want you to think about the fact that the ones you know now, (laughs) and I want you to think about how their belief system is formed. So when they're 30, 40, 50, the beliefs that are forming now when they're one, two, three, four, five are the beliefs that are going to still be dictating their behavior and their, the way they see themselves and the world unless they want to shift them. Because not all beliefs are limiting, right? Like not all beliefs are, are, are limiting. I mean, if you, if you, when you were three, if you formed the belief that anything was possible for you, that's a good one. That's a good one. You don't need to change that. It's not a limiting one. It's actually really expansive. But unfortunately, a lot of our beliefs that we do form in our early belief system, we do call them limiting beliefs because they were formed at a time before we had a certain level of life experience, um, before we had evolved and matured and before our brains were fully developed, before we had a lot of other information and we based our beliefs on the limited experiences that we were having. And a lot of our beliefs that we form when we're really little are based very much on who we are around, our parents, right? And if you didn't grow up with parents, you know, like if I know a lot of people were raised by grandparents or maybe I'm just trying to put out there that whoever you were around, whoever your influences were, whatever your life experience was, zero to five, your belief system about like how you how you get love and what feels safe to you and the way the world works and how you should behave in order to get like what you want and how other people are going to react to you that's formed so early. And it's not that we don't have other experiences as we get older that also kind of feed into it. But here's the thing. Those experiences usually confirm those beliefs that we have. So we kind of live out the beliefs. We we make them happen. We make the experiences happen. So this is really complicated and we're not going to go deep into limiting beliefs right now. But I just wanted to kind of go there with you so that we can all agree that the fear of what other people will think is not a new fear that you got right now. It's not a fear that you got when you were like, I want to be a coach. (laughs) No, you've had it. And it's underneath a lot of other stuff. And it affects your behavior. It affects how you show up in the world. And it's okay because it can be adjusted It can be upgraded. It can be shifted. That's the beautiful thing about your mind. Your mind is malleable. Your thoughts are not permanent. Your beliefs are not permanent. Anything that's in your brain that you would like to shift can be shifted. Some things are harder to shift than others. That's true. You know, I'm married to a psychoanalyst. You know, I've said that before. You know, um, 
Christopher has people that have been seeing him for, you know, 10 years. <laughs> so um, not all beliefs are shifted instantaneously, but some can be shifted pretty quickly, especially if you use the tools that are available to you. I mean, there's so many different tools that we can use when we recognize, when we notice that we have a fear or a belief that is, most importantly, it's when we realize that it's keeping us from what we would like to do in order to have what we want to have, right? And when we come up against that, when we go, okay, all right, wait a minute. This fear of what other people will think is getting so fucking in my way that I can't do what I want to do. I can't get clients. Because if you can't market, if you can't put yourself out there, if you're terrified that other people are going to think that you are stupid or they're going to mock you or they're going to talk about you behind your back or they're going to or they're going to judge you or they're going to unfollow you or they're going to feel triggered by you because they don't like that you're like acting like you're so confident now and that you like are, you know, great at what you do. Like all of the things that you're worried about other people experiencing right? Those things, you're going to get to a point where you're going to go, what the fuck? Like, that's why I'm not marketing myself. That's why I don't want to tell everybody about me and my business and what I can do for them. That's why I'm not trying to have conversations with people. That's why I'm not making offers to people because I'm afraid of some unknown, right? Unknown thing that may or may not happen. And you know what? That you won't even know about. You won't even know about it. If someone doesn't like your social media post, they're not going to write, this is shit on your social media post. They're just not. I've never seen it happen. It's never happened to me, right? So so the thing is, is that, we, that we're letting, right? We're letting these unknown other people, we don't even know who they are. Okay, so one of my clients has, has a fear, and, and not only one of my clients. I'm going to say many of my clients have a fear. And I'm just going to say I don't mean to be saying this as if it's stupid. So I hope I'm, I'm, I hope I sound passionate and not like I'm being like, that's so dumb. I don't think that because I've had this. I've had this fear. I've had this limiting belief. I have cared about what other people will think. And... I have done a tremendous amount of work around it. I still have to do work around it. I still have to do work around it. And I'm going to tell you the story in a minute. So I don't mean to make you sound like this is silly. This is big. But when you're ready, you've got to go, fuck this. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to deal with this because it's keeping me from the next level. It's keeping me from marketing my business, which means putting myself out there, in social media and in person and making offers and not being afraid to be salesy. What is being afraid to be salesy? Someone finding out that like it costs money to work with you, that's being salesy, right? What do you, like when you think about yourself in the world, do you think that like when someone charges you for something in your head, do you go, ew, ick, ick, they're being so salesy. I mean, if you have the experience where you literally feel like someone is being salesy, you know what the best thing is for you to do? The best thing you could do is ask yourself, what about that experience didn't feel good to you? And then just make sure, like put yourself in check and go, well, I don't do that. I do it a different way. So I'm not going to worry about it. 
right? Like if you have the experience, and you know I bring this up all the time, if you don't like people cold messaging you and DMing you on LinkedIn and you're like, I don't like that, then don't do it. Then don't do it. And no one's going to think that you're, no one's not going to like it. <laughs> There's nothing for anyone to not like. But if you like something about the way someone does something, right? If you like something, if you, if you invest with a coach, if you talk to me, right? And then we get to the conversation where I'm like, all right, so it's going to cost some money for me to help you. I mean, cause it does. I mean, the podcast is free. I do lots of stuff that's free. I do lots of stuff that's free and some stuff costs money. The big stuff, the extra good stuff costs money. So if you want that and there's a lot of it, then it's going to cost money. So let's say you have a conversation with me and when we get to the part where I tell you about how much it's going to be and you're like, oh, that felt really good. Like I really liked the way that Stacy um, told me how much it was going to cost then guess what? Then you can go do it too. You can do it exactly the same way I do. You can copy me. You can, I'm going to teach you because there's a way of showing up in the world without doing things the way that you don't like or that you think other people are not going to like, right? And it all comes down to the fear of what other people will think. It all comes down to the fear of what other people will think. If I was afraid to make you the offer to work with me and tell you how much it costs, why would I be afraid to do that? Why would I be afraid to do that? Well, if I didn't, if I was afraid to do it because I still didn't feel confident in my own services, that, okay, that's another story. That's that's possible. But usually it's because I don't want to make someone think something about how my investment. The minute you tell someone how much it costs, then your next fear is they're going to think like, that's too much. That's too much. So fear of what other people will think, right? And I don't care what your investment is. If it's $100, if it's $300, if it's $1,000, if it's $5,000, if it's $10,000, right? If that, if you fear of what other people will think, there's a good chance that as soon as you tell someone how much it's going to be to work with you, no matter what that number is, the next thought in your head is going to be, I hope they don't think it's too much. You're afraid of what they're going to think. You're afraid of what someone else is going to think, right? And I get it. So, you know, I want to tell you, like, um, when I when I was in Annie, and that's not news to you. If you haven't heard an episode where I talk about Annie, I don't know. Go back, listen to some episodes. So when I was in Annie, I was in it from when I was in um, fifth grade to seventh grade. Okay, and when I was in elementary school, my fifth and sixth grade was in the elementary school, and then seventh grade was in the junior high. And when I so we changed schools, and like all of the schools, all the little elementary schools merged right into the junior high. So when I was in fifth and sixth grade, when I got cast in the show, I had my like friend group since first grade, right? I had my, I had my crew, <laughs> right? Since I was six. And when I got into Annie, when I was 10, I had a crew. And when I got into Annie, oh my God, everyone was like, this is the best thing ever. Our, you know, Stacy's and Annie. Everyone, it was awesome. I brought I brought my little friends to the show. They would get to come with me and like they'd get to see Annie for free. I have friends that saw Annie so many times because I'd bring them to the show. Like and and everyone it was cool. It was cool. Everyone thought it was cool. 
I was a, I was talented. I was a good singer. Everyone liked listening to me sing. Like I, it was cool that I was an Annie, right? And that was great. So then we merge into the junior high and we go to seventh grade and now there's like a lot of other kids, right? And so my friend group, and I wasn't there a lot because I never went to school on Wednesdays because this was back, back, back in the day when like kid actors, we did not split the shows. We did eight shows a week. I did eight shows a week, right? So I didn't go to school on Wednesdays at all. Um, and so we go to junior high and I don't go to school on Wednesdays to begin with. So I'm only there four days a week. And I had permission to go to school late because I didn't get home from the show, from doing the show Annie. I didn't get home until 1130 at night, which for a 10, 11, 12 year old is like late. Right. And I would get home and I'd be wired because I was just in a Broadway show. Right. Like actors don't go to bed at 11. You know, like if you're in a show and it ends at 1030 or 1045 and then like you're up, like you don't go to bed immediately. So even when you're a little kid, so I would come home and I would have to like have a snack. (laughs) I would watch, I would watch Johnny Carson, literally I would. And then like I would go to sleep and then I got to sleep in a little and then I would do some homework in the morning and I'd go to school. So all of this is to say that while my other friends were making new friends, with all the other kids, I was hardly ever there. And they were bonding and I wasn't. And so what happened was the the cool girls from another school that decided to be, look, I, I'm just going to say, I don't think any of them are listening to the podcast or if they are, they might not know who I'm talking about, but they were the mean girls. Have you ever watched Mean Girls? They were mean. They were mean girls. Okay. So I went to a school with mean girls and the mean girls decided that it wasn't cool that I was in Annie. So you see, first, I have the experience of like getting to be me and being talented and being, you know, like, like visible um, was a good thing. And everyone loved it. And everyone celebrated and made me feel good about it. Right. And then I got a totally different message. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. You're a loser. And they decided that I was an outcast loser. And they, they made, and I was in seventh grade. My seventh, eighth, and most of ninth grade was a horror show. I was an outcast. I I waited to go to my performing arts sleepaway camp every summer. Um, I I had such a hard time in school. I had such a hard time, and it was because of these girls, these mean girls, and they bullied me, and they did they did mean things to me. I mean, it wasn't like they just like didn't include me. Um, and so the reason I'm sharing this with you is because as a as an adult. I can look back at many times in my life after that where I made myself smaller or where I didn't like fully put myself out there in certain ways because I had a belief that other people don't like it when I'm too shiny is the way I put it right? Or when I'm too big or when I'm too successful or when I'm too good, right? And that it's bad and that people don't like it and I shouldn't do it. And that I'm going to get repercussions, that if I make myself too visible, that I am going to get haters and I'm going to get these these people that may be mean to me or may decide that I don't get to be cool. And all of that, I'm sure you can imagine. So I... I've 
noticed it at certain times in my life, but I never really identified it as like a limiting belief or whatever we want to name. It doesn't have to have a label. But what happened when I became a coach was, of course, to become anything, you have to first like do it, like have the experience yourself, right? So to become a master level, because I'm a master level transformational coach, right? And so what that means is I'm a highly trained coach that understands what we're talking about right now about belief systems and about how our brains work. And I already had a tremendous amount of this experience and knowledge from being a yoga teacher because yoga is all about your thoughts. It's all about how our brains, our thoughts create suffering for us in our lives, right? So I had spent two decades in that, and then I become a master level transformational coach. And in order to become that, I had to be a coaching client and do this deep work. And I started coming up against this this thing, this thing that kept coming up where I was like, oh my God, it's the mean girls. And they kept coming up for me. And I, so the reason I'm sharing this for you is because, with you, is because when we have these beliefs and fears, the, the idea is not that you're going to get rid of them completely. The idea is not that they're just going to poof. You're going to do a little bit of like, you're going to do an exercise. You're going to say some affirmations or you're going to talk to a coach or, you know, whatever. The, the idea is not that they're going to fully like disappear and they're never going to pop up again, that they're never going to show up. Like every time you're about to do something big, listen, the fear is going to come. It's going to show up. It's going to be like, hi, remember me? Oh, you were about to post on social media. Something like kind of, you know, quirky. Oh, are you sure you want to do that? (laughs) Right? Like it's going to do that. But the thing is, is that we all have to have our tools and we have to be willing to show up every single day and do the work that we need to do in order to feel the fear and do it anyway. Because because this is not the same, right? Putting ourselves out there and letting people know what we do and and sharing our gifts and making ourselves available that's what marketing is okay everything i just said is what marketing is being authentic and showing up as yourself and in absolute in your absolute glory so that other people can get a hit off of you and your energy Showing up on social media authentically and be and real and raw. People don't give a shit about perfection. Nobody is listening to some great content on social media, right? And going like, oh, I don't know. Like her makeup doesn't look that good. I mean, and if they are, fuck them. They're shallow idiots. So, so a lot of what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to like put some perspective about like like who those people are that we really care about what it is that they're thinking and saying. That's first of all, all right? We have to know that not everyone is going to be like for us. There's an episode on that. We have to know that not everyone's going to love us. Not everyone's going to get us. Not everyone's going to give a shit about what we're doing. And that's okay. All that matters is that we find the people that do care about what we're doing. So if you don't quote unquote market yourself, meaning if you don't like go out there and be visible and be seen and heard and post on social media or figure out what you want to do in real life, be willing to do a talk. You can't keep saying, oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on my content and wait for some special time that's going to happen where you're going to be like, oh, I have. I know in advance that when I say this, do this, post this, show this, whether it's in person or online, everyone's going to be like, that was unbelievable. 
available. There's no way for you to have that information. So if the only thing that you're willing to allow to like basically quell the fear is that you're going to be waiting the rest of your freaking life, right? And I'm not saying this again. I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. I'm trying to, I'm feeling very passionate right now. So we can't wait and we can't let this fear of what other people are going to think, you know, I, and you know, it is a scary, it is scary when you see like celebrities getting like, you know, all that fucking shit that happens to celebrities. I get it. But you know what? Like, it, like if you're listening to this and you happen to be a celebrity, first of all, you know, I'm so excited. That's awesome. I don't know. But chances are celebrities are not listening to this and the people that are listening to this are not at risk of, you know, of the media saying nasty shit about you. You know what I mean? So if what you're afraid of is like the mean girl from high school seeing your post and being like, oh my God, did you see Stacey Bass Russell? Now she's a life coach. I mean, oh my God. Like if that's what I'm going to keep, if that's what I'm going to let keep me from making my podcast and putting myself out there on social media, then I don't even know that they're doing that. Like how does it impact me? What do I care? Right? What do I care if some if some person who probably needs a life coach? Because if you're that miserable that you're talking about people and gossiping and and saying shit about other people, you need a life coach anyway. You know. So, what do we do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do about your fear of what other people will think? Right? I call it the what ifs. What if? What if they unfollow me? What if they think this? What if they think that? And I'm like, what if? What if? Right? What if? So what do we do when we're when we're in that space of what if? Well, I'm gonna tell you what you have to do. All right? Will that help? I think it'll help. All right. So number one, you must have tools and ways that you work on your own self-esteem. That's first of all, right? Your own self-confidence. Like, what does that look like for you? How like how often do you load up on your awesomeness? And if you are still in a space where you don't, where you're like, I don't know why I'm awesome, then that's work that has to be done as well, right? Because in order for us not to care what other people will think, we have to be confident that what we are saying, doing, how we're showing up in the world, how we're coming from our heart space, how we are being so genuine and in service, and how we are offering value, and how we are here on our missions to provide transformation. You've got to load up on that. Because if that, if you know all of that, if you're like, wait a minute, I'm like a genuine, authentic person who comes from a place of love and service, and I um, I really believe in what I'm doing. I feel passionate about it. I've done the work. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't put anything out there that I don't believe, you know, is true. Um, so if you know all of those things, then what do you care what someone else thinks? Because chances are it's about them. Chances are they haven't done enough work on themselves to be able to see someone else, right, and have a normal response to it. Okay? So you must load up on your own self-esteem and your own self-confidence. You've got to know that about yourself, right? Number two, you have to look at your own self-critic voice, right? You have to look at like, what do you judge yourself for? Because that's probably what you're the most afraid of someone else judging you for. So if you have, if you know that you're critical 
I don't like the way my nose looks. I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't like this about myself. I don't like that. And if you know that you have like a really mean, if you have a mean girl (laughs) or mean girl or boy in your head, all right, you have to look at that because because the fear of what other people will think can sometimes actually just be the fear of what you think. You got to get that in check. You're the the number one most important thing that you can do with your mind is make sure that your mind is talking to you and the universe in the most loving, positive, supportive way that is going to help you get where you want to go. And if that's not what's going on in your thoughts, and listen, I'm not saying our thoughts are like that 100%. I'm not saying like, I did it. And now I wake up every day and I'm like, Stacy, you are awesome. Everything you're doing is perfect. This is all going so well. No, I have other thoughts, but I have, I have a disciplined mind where as soon as those thoughts come in, I'm like, ah, what do I want to do about that? And I take action. I don't know what, do I talk to my coach? write affirmations, do meditation, go back and do my work. I have tons of work. I'm a coach. I have tons of coaching exercises. Coach myself. And here's the next thing. Have people around you who get you and validate you. You must surround yourself with people who are going to be like, I love that post that you posted. (laughs) You must surround yourself with people who are telling you how awesome you are. And if it's not the people in your actual abode, the people in your home, I get it. I understand. I know not everybody has a perfect living situation. I'm very lucky. I have a perfect living situation. Um, I'm really lucky. I live with someone who I get to go tell every one of my my judgment thoughts and have him go, yeah, that's just a thought, <laughs> you know, and have him go like, you're amazing. You're awesome. You need that. Do not underestimate how important it is. So if you need community, right, if, it, if it's not in your own home, it should be your best friends. It should be your community. If you are surrounded by people who do not support you and who take you down or who undercut you or who belittle you or who are the people that you're afraid of putting yourself out there in front of, if you, uh, in front of, if you are living with the people that you're afraid of judgment, you must start to develop a community of people around you to buffer you and shield that. I'm not going to tell you that you have to like leave your family, although that is an option also. Um, but you have to do something about it. If the reason why you're so afraid of being judged is because it's actually happening to you in your, in your immediate whatever, you either have to get out or you have to surround yourself with new other people in addition where you can go. These are really important things. Because if you actually want to be someone who feels joyful and feels happy and excited about putting yourself out there, quote unquote, marketing yourself, showing up on social media, showing up to do a talk or a workshop, telling people about what you do, making offers, telling people how much money it'll cost for them to have what they need. If any of that is is an issue for you, then the work that I just told you is the work that you must do. Or you won't be able to have a passionate and prosperous life and business. Because you can't make money unless you're willing to tell people how much they have to pay you. And you can't get the people to pay you unless you find them somewhere. And you can't find them somewhere unless you're willing to put yourself out there and market yourself. 
So we can't even have a conversation about like your relationship to money until we have a conversation about your relationship to putting yourself out there. So I hope that the things that I told you to start thinking about are helpful to you, right? There are lots of things that we can do. Oh, I want to give you one other thing. I want you to make a list of all of the things that you know are 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 make you awesome, that make you unique, that make you quirky, that make you you, right? And that you know are the things that other people respond to about you, right? I want you to do that. And then I want you to like look in the mirror and I want you to tell yourself how much you love all of that uniqueness and all of that quirkiness about you. I want you to look at yourself with no judgment and say, oh my God, this is what makes me special and different. This is what makes me awesome. I love my this. I love my crooked tooth. I love my, you know, (laughs) whatever. You know, but this is the work that you have to be willing to do if you want to put yourself out there and you want to actually serve other people, right? Because how are you going to get them? How are you going to get them to work with you? All right. So that's what I have for you today. And then we can talk about money, right? So I hope you're excited about that. And um, what do I want to tell you as I'm leaving? I'm exiting you with telling you that this episode, I'm recording it on Valentine's Day. So first of all, I love you. I really do. And happy Valentine's Day. And second of all, this is probably going to come out right before Out of Overwhelm um, starts. And As of today, February 14th, I have two spots left. I have no idea whether they'll still be there at the time of this episode dropping into the universe, but there may be. And here's what I'm telling you. Out of overwhelm, this is the last call, last chance for the whole year. The program only runs once a year. And if you want to spend five months with me developing your passion and prosperous business and you you don't want to do it one-on-one, I mean, because you could still do it one-on-one, but if you want to be in this high vibe group program, this is it. This is your last call. And otherwise, you'll have to ask me about it in 2023. All right. Okay, everybody. I can't wait to be with you again next week. I am signing off. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure to click the follow or subscribe button on your platform of choice. And if that happens to be Apple, it's the little plus sign on the top right. You'll get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. And in case you didn't know, ratings and reviews are key to helping me to grow this show and reach more passionate and prosperous people. On Apple, stars are great, but a written review is gold. And Spotify is slowly rolling out their rating system. So please keep an eye out for when you see that you have the feature and hit me up with some stars. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I'll be talking about money, why it's okay to want it, and why you're allowed to have it. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.